Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, see, when he did something for you, it's hard to sit still and to be quiet. Now, maybe if he hadn't done nothing for you, then you can have your hands in your pockets. But when he did something for you, you don't mind getting undignified. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. It makes, me, it makes me think about David when he had bought the Ark of the Covenant in. And the Bible says that he, he praised and he danced so much that he danced out of his clothes. Ha. And it says his wife got upset. And she said, you are the king, and you out there acting all dignified, all undignified. So he told her, he told her, basically, you thought that was undignified. You ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Ha, ha. See, see, you, you, you was born in the palace. You lived your whole life in the palace. But I remember when I was out there tending sheep, and I was so insignificant, they didn't even call me when the prophet came. I was so, but now I'm king? Oh, you sit there if you want to. <laughs> Woo! So maybe you were born in the palace, but uh, I know where he done bought me from. So I say thank you. Hallelujah. Ha. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to take your weave out and just, just go for it. Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to take a little praise break. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has he done anything for you? Yeah. Has he taken those situations that you thought were hopeless and he just turned them around on a dime? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
<laughs> More times than one. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Father. Jesus, we thank you. You are so good. You are so good. Hallelujah. Ah, see, we got, we got a people who done been through some things. And the Lord delivered you. Ah. He opened the prison doors. Ah. He healed the broken bodies. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has he been good to anybody? Hallelujah. Mm-mm, you know it's, it's that good. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. He is good. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, open with me to Psalm. Back up to Psalm 139. And you all have been coming, who have been coming, are well familiar with this passage of Scripture. We're going to look at it again and we're going to move a little further. Is that all right? So in Psalm 139, starting in verse 13, For you formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written for me, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts of me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the same. Huh. Now God, the creator of the universe, has a multitude of thoughts concerning us. The Bible says that his thoughts are not able to be numbered. How great is the sum of them. You know why the sum of his thoughts toward us are so great? Because he wrote our days in a book. And what he wrote out was from beginning to end. So see, that's a lot of thought. From beginning to end, the, the sum of his thoughts are so great because he's, he's planned out our days. He's, he's mapped out a road for us that he designed for us to walk out. He, he put thought into it. It wasn't something that he threw together. It was something that he put great thought in, so much thought that the sum of the thoughts are, are impossible to tally up. 
So in heaven, there is a book with your name, with my name, with everybody's name in here, whether you know God or not, whether you're following it or not. There's a book that has your life mapped out. So God has in this book the time when we would enter into the world. He has in this book uh, a time where we would be uh, growing up and, and being educated. He has in this book uh, uh, a season of life where some of us get married and have children. He has in this book a season of life where we have careers and where we have jobs. He has in this book a season of life where, where we, uh, we, we find a church, where we find Jesus. He wrote all this stuff out in this book. He has in this book uh, the church that we're supposed to be in. You don't, you, you don't pick your church. God picks it for you. And he has in this book what role that you should play in this church. He has in this book when that role will progress from one step to another. It's all in a book. And, and so turn over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So God has this book and it has the plan our life now it doesn't have trivial stuff what kind of car you drive and you know what kind of shoes you got on but what it has in it are the things that impact us fulfilling purpose and reaching destiny the stuff that matters so in uh first corinthians chapter two it says here in the ninth verse but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. You see that word? Prepared. So God has prepared some things for each one of us. You all see that? He's, he's prepared some things. He's prepared. See, when we talk about God's plan for our life, I, I don't think a lot of times we really understand what that means in totality. What it means is not just that, you know, we, we say, I'm planning to go to the store. And it's just a thought. But God has prepared things he's he's not just planned them but he's prepared them so you and i have things that god has not only planned but then he prepared it he made it ready he pre prepared it flip over to uh, ephesians chapter 2 i want to read that in the amplified you all had an amplified back there no amplified all right just listen to me It says this, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. So it says we're his handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, listen to this, taking paths 
which he has prepared ahead of time. So we're not just talking about a plan. We're talking about a prepared path. Prepared. And then it says uh, that we should walk in them. Prepared means, see, it's not just a plan, but it's prearranged. Arranged before. That's what prearranged means. That it was arranged before. So what this means is that God has already not just planned it, but he's arranged it. He set it up so that we win. It's, it's turned to Isaiah chapter 49. In Isaiah, the 49th chapter, I want to look here in I want to look here in oh, that's why, 46. Isaiah 46. I knew that didn't look right. I want to start in verse 9. God says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Get verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. So things that are not yet done, he called from ancient times. It's not done yet, but he called it from ancient, declaring the end from the beginning. Here's what this means. God doesn't start until he's finished. (laughs) Declaring the end from the beginning. So God doesn't start until he's already finished finished so he he's got this book he's got it written out and prearranged and so he walks it out and he surveys it and he sets things in place then he comes down here to the end and he says it is good then he goes back here and then he starts now what this means is is that everything we need to fulfill his purpose and his plan is already set in place. He didn't start you until he finished you. And once he finished you, he went back and then he started you. In other words, God is not winging this thing. 
Stuff is not catching him by surprise. He finished before he started. Now, look, flip, flip back to, uh, I want to show you this, Matthew. I want to go to the 13th uh, chapter. Matthew 13. And I want to look in verse 35. Verse 34 says, All these things Jesus spoke to them, to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, verse 35, saying, I will open my mouth in parables and utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So the things are prepared, they're just kept secret. He's not running around doing stuff. It's already prearranged. It's just secret. Now flip over to 15, Matthew 15, 25. And I want to look here at... Verse 34. And so he's talking about um, a parable about the king giving things to his servants and going away. But get what he said in verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you when? From the foundation of of the world so the kingdom which has not yet been revealed in its fullness was prepared prearranged made ready from the foundation of the world the bible says that jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world so the fact that you're sitting here means that God started something that he created you to finish. I'm sorry, he finished something that he created you to start. If you're sitting here, that means God finished something that he created you to start. It's already finished, and then he created us to go ahead and start it and walk it out. Pre, say prearranged. Pre-arranged. Pre-arranged. Now, so it's like, it's like, has anybody ever walked through a corn maze? So you get in there, and you kind of walking around, you can't see that there's an exit, but there is an exit. And so God has prearranged everything. We can't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. That just means we haven't found it yet. So, so what this means is, see, this is, this is good news because it means the fight is fixed. So, so let me... Uh, let me let's let's make, let's make this a little bit more concrete. Turn with me to the book of Esther. 
So in the book of Esther, I'm going to do some jumping around here. Follow me. I'm going to start in uh, Esther chapter 3. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. And it says, After these things, King Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of this other dude, the Agagite, <laughs> and advanced him and set him above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman. For so had the king commanded concerning him, but Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Then the king's servant who uh, were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's commandment? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them, and they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. So he's saying, yeah, okay, you think you won't bow. That's just because he ain't looking at you. So we'll let Haman know so he's looking specifically for you, and now let's see if your words stand. For Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. He said, I'm not bowing because I'm one of the people of God. Yeah. And then it, so they're saying, basically, let's see how powerful your God is when we tell Haman. So when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay homage to him, Haman was filled with wrath. But he disdained to lay hold on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. So instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. So we get dropped down in the middle of this story, and now the Jewish people have a death sentence. Haman, who has been promoted, is now set to destroy all of the Jews. So that's the situation we find ourselves in, they find themselves in. And so let's uh, flip over to uh, Esther chapter 6. And I want to look here. At starting at verse 7. So Haman walks in the room. Uh, and and the king says, basically, Haman, what shall I do? For a man who I am pleased with. And so Haman thinks he's talking about him. So Haman just lays it all out there. Haman answered the king and said, For the man in whom the king's delight to honor, let a royal robe be bought, which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king is written, when, at which has a royal crest placed on it, and let this robe and horse be delivered, to the hand, I'm sorry, wait a minute. I done got ahead of myself. That's not what I want to do. Go back to five. Go back to five. So it says here in chapter five, verse seven. So Esther had create called this banquet together. And so verse seven, uh, the king asked, what is it you want? And Esther answered and said, my petition and my request is this. If I have found favor in your sight, in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet, which I will prepare for them tomorrow. And the king, and then, and then I'll tell you what it is that I want. So Haman went out that day joyful and with a glad heart. So because he, 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 he geeked because, oh, I'm in with the king and the queen. 
there was this banquet that the king the queen put together and she only invited the king and me so i'm big time so he goes out that day and his heart is glad but when haman saw mordecai in the king's gate and that he did not stand nor tremble before him he was filled with indignation against mordecai so mordecai reigned on his little parade Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home and sent and called for his friends and his wife. And Haman told them of the great riches, the multitude of his children, everything which the king had promoted him, and how he advanced him above all the officials and servants of the king. Moreover, Haman said, besides, Queen Esther invited no one but me to come in with the king to the banquet that she prepared. And tomorrow I am again invited by her along with the king. Yet all this avails me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife said and all of his friends, well, let gallows be made 50 cubits high and in the morning suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet and this thing pleased Haman so he had gallows made. So now, we have a situation where the entire Jewish population has a death sentence. Now, Mordecai has a death sentence. Yeah. Haman went and had gallows made up for Haman to be hung the next day. So that's where we are. But remember... I said that before God starts it, he walks through it and he sees everything that's going to go on and then he prepares. He prepares things. So now go over to chapter 6. So, this, so now where we're at is Haman is going to go to the king tomorrow. And say, let's hang Mordecai. That's where we are. Now, so it says in verse 1 of chapter 6, that night the king could not sleep. So one was commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles and they were read before him. So they have these chronicles that they have written. And then every now and then the king will call somebody in and say, read, read some history to me. And so this night, the night before, Haman is going to kill Mordecai the king can't sleep and so he calls for somebody and says read to me verse 2 and it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bignatha big whatever and this other person too two of the king's eunuchs the doorkeepers who had sought to lay hands on the on king Ahasuerus then the king said so they read so back Back sometime before this, Mordecai is hanging around in the king's gate. I'm talking about prearrangements. He's hanging around in the king's gates, and he hears these two people talking about trying to harm the king. So he tells Esther, Esther tells the king, the king digs into it and finds out, yes, they were trying to kill me. And so then the king, you know, has them off with their head. 
And Esther said, well, Mordecai is the one who told me. And nothing happens. But we're talking about prearrangements. So you see, this thing happens and Mordecai is just, just something that happened. So he thought. He didn't recognize that that was a prearrangement. So now the day he's getting ready to get killed, the king can't sleep. And he calls somebody to bring in the book and read from the Chronicles, and they happen to read that Mordecai saved his life. Pre-arranged. So God had already been in that moment where Haman was going to have Mordecai killed, and so he prearranged something. Let's fix this right up. So that he sees that that is going on, he fixes it up, then he goes back and starts it. Prearranged. So then, if we keep reading here, the king says, What honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this. And the king's servant who attended to him said, nothing has been done. And so, uh, so, that, so what happens is the king is like, well, we have to do something. Then Haman comes in, and then the king asks him, what should we do for the man that pleased me? And so Haman thinks he's talking about him. So Haman's like, let's get him a robe, one that you have worn. And let's get the horse and put him on the horse and, and uh, so that he will be one of the most noble princes. And then have the king's uh, uh, highest ranking official ride him around the city on your horse with your robe and say, this is what happens to the man that the king is pleased with. <laughs> but Haman didn't know something had already been Prearranged. So the king looks at him and he said, Yes, I like that. Do it for Mordecai. Prearranged. And then it gets down to Esther, who happened to be, happened to be, happened to be, it was prearranged, selected as queen. Because God stood in that moment and he said, okay, there's going to be a plot to kill my people. So let me prearrange something. So way back here, because he knows the end from the beginning. So way back here, he gets her selected as queen. Way back here. She has no idea what this means. Mordecai has no idea what it means that he uncovered this conspiracy. But it was a prearrangement. So when we talk about the fact that God has a plan, this is what we mean is that he has prearrangements because he's walked it out. He stood right in the middle of every situation that we'll ever be in and prearranged it. That's, that's what's written in the book. Yeah. Yes, your plan, but there's also prearrangements. Yeah. And so he starts it only after it's been prearranged and finished. 
So when I say the fight is fixed, that's, that's literally what I mean. It's, it's fixed. It's prearranged for us to experience victory. Yeah. Now think about Joseph. We, we've been talking about Joseph. So Joseph finds himself in prison. And so the baker and the butler have a dream. Daniel, Daniel, Joseph interprets the dream and says this, remember me when you get before the king. So he's thinking, well, this might get me out. But he didn't know there was already a prearrangement because then the king has a dream. And they say, oh, you know, man, there was this guy in prison that interpreted my dream. I kind of forgot about him. And so he goes before the king, and he interprets the dream. And then we talked about it uh, the other day, yesterday, was yesterday, that then he was promoted to second in command in Egypt because it had already been prearranged. You follow what I'm saying? So, so he gave the butler and the baker a dream, and then he gave the king a dream. It was all prearranged. And then we think about Daniel. They wanted to set Daniel up so Daniel would be killed. Y'all remember that? And so they said, well, let's do this. He always up there praying, so let's get the king to make a decree that nobody can pray to anybody but the king. And we'll trip Daniel up with that because he always up there praying. So they tried to set Daniel up, but they didn't know that God had already prearranged it. He stood in that lion's den before the foundation of the world. And he set it up, prearranged it. The Bible is full of instances where God prearranges things. And when they happen, they're insignificant events to us. It's just just an event. And it's not until later where we find out that was a prearrangement. That was a prearrangement. But see, if we don't follow God's plan, we miss the prearrangements. We miss the thing that he has set up from the foundation of the world to lead us to victory. And that's why I say there is no better outcome that you will ever get than you will following God's plan. There's no better outcome. And And to Mordecai, to Esther, to Daniel, to the three Hebrew boys. Y'all remember they put the three Hebrew boys in the fire? But they didn't know God had already stood in the middle of that fire and prearranged the fourth man. He prearranged this fourth man. And they were delivered from out of this fire. And not only were they delivered, in both of these cases, with Daniel and the lion's den and with the three Hebrew boys, the king made a decree... That said, nobody worships any God but their God. Their God is God. 
Now you got a heathen king testifying for God. Can you imagine how how hopeless it looked for them? For Joseph stuck in a prison. For Mordecai and Esther with impending doom for their entire nation. For Daniel sitting, getting ready to be thrown in the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys about to go into fire. But God had already been in the moment. He'd already been there. And he set up prearranged victory and deliverance. Jesus. When Jesus was in the tomb, there was already a resurrection prearranged. And so the disciples were hopeless and, 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 and just just in, distraught. But God had already been in that tomb. He had seen what would happen. And he prearranged the power of God to hit that body and to raise it up. So what we have to understand is that it's not just a plan. It's prearranged. It's not just a concept. It's prearranged. It's already, everything is set in place for us to have victory, to fulfill our purpose, and to reach our destiny. It's, 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 it's already set up. Mordecai encountered those men plotting against the king before his life was ever in danger. His life wasn't in danger at that time. But because God had already been in that moment. See, all of our days are a memory for God. Next year, to God, is a memory. We walk it out, but he is a memory. Already been there. Already got that hooked up, figured out, worked out. All I need you to do is walk it out. And so this right here is, is this is why the plan of God is nothing to be casual about. Because people sink because they're not, they're not picking up the prearrangements because the prearrangements on the road, on his road. Right. 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 So we need to be where he prearranged. Yeah, there wasn't no prearrangement there because that's not the path. That's not the road. You picked that one. You picked that one, so you worked that one out. I had the prearrangement over there. Glory to God. So in heaven, there is a book. And in that book, our lives are written. All of our days, all of our days, he wrote them out before there were any of them. Glory to God. Just think about that. There's not just a plan, 
but there's a prearranged path that has everything we need mapped out, worked out. And when you understand this, then it's easier to trust God. Oh, see, we, 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 think, we think this stuff is catching God by surprise. Now, it might be catching us by surprise, but God been there already. He's been there already. He ain't panicked. Oh, Gabriel, I didn't even see that one coming. Michael, you see that? That caught me right way off guard. Mm-mm. Stuff falling out, falling apart for you, look like it's falling apart for you. And he's just sitting on the throne. I saw that one coming. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. Got it already worked out. Watch this. Look at Haman. Look at him. He having a good time. He think he about to hang Mordecai. Already been there. Michael, check it out. Watch this. Watch he about to get hung on those gallows he made. <laughs> I, I ain't prearranged nothing for him to get out of it. And so it's easier to get out the boat when you know that it's prepared. The water, listen, the water was prepared for Peter to walk on it. It was prepared to hold his weight. The laws of buoyancy were disrupted from the foundation of the world at that moment. I remember uh, I've told a few of this story, a few of you this story. So I uh, took over as senior pastor of my church back home in Detroit, outside of Detroit, and so I was, uh, you know, I have full-time job director at a global research firm, and so for two months I was pastoring the church, senior pastor of the church, and I'm working this full-time job. And so after that two months, it became clear to me that I, I just couldn't do both of those things. But what I'm dealing with is my salary as a pastor was 75% less than my salary as a researcher. So let's put this in context. Take your, month, your, take your weekly paycheck. Cut it by 75%, and that's what I'm looking at. So, but I knew in my, I knew in my heart I had to get, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing this. So I took, listen to me, I took two days off, and I prayed for two days. And I said, God, this is my plan. I'm walking in there, and I'm telling them I'm done. That's not what you want me to do. You need to let me know. <laughs> Two days. And so I went out. And I have this, this uh, 75% less on the brain. 
But I also have on the brain that is prearranged. I understand that he saw that. He knows that. He made arrangements for that. Now, it's, it's a little unsettling for me because I don't know what the arrangement is. Right. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we knew what the prearrangement yeah. was? So I'll go in there, and I sit down, and I report to a senior vice president, and I just tell her, next month is going to be my last month. And so she said to me after I told her, I'm like, you know, I've been, you know, I took over senior pastor. I just can't, I cannot do both. And she said to me, is there any way you can stay? Is there any way you can stay? I said, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if I can go down to 20 hours a week, I'll stay. Prearranged. Yeah. Now, see, she could have just said, oh, I'm sorry. God bless you. Mm. Goodbye. We'll see you. Yeah. But if she had said that, something was prearranged for that, too. Right. So I can step out of the boat because I understand that things are prearranged. And so she said, well, I'll talk to the president and executive vice president, and, and I'll, I'll let you know. Now, at, I don't know any, any part-time directors. That's a full-time position. They don't have part-time directors. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. I, I got perfect peace because I done spent two days so, I, you know, I ain't just out there just, you know, you know how we, I'm quitting my job. So she came back, and she said, I talked to him, and they said, whatever he wants. If that's what he wants is to stay, he can stay. I did my happy dance glory. <laughs> Glory. So that was uh, last September. And so what we do is every quarter, I say every quarter we sit down. And I'll let you know if it's working for me. You let me know if it's working for you. And we'll play it like that. So as we have been meeting, she said, well, the president, uh, last time I talked to him, he's saying, uh, we, you know, we need to uh, hire somebody else. Um, and I think she said, I talked him, I talked him into, I asked him, well, can we just keep him on, you know, to do a couple of things? But I, I don't know, because, cause, you know, he really didn't like me anyway. Because his brother is over our uh, quality team, and his brother tried to get me to come on his team twice. They offered me promotions twice, and I turned them both down. Well, it's the president's brother. You really don't do that. But that wasn't part of my plan. That wasn't part of God's plan for my life. So let me tell you what happened. The president, <laughs> the president stepped down. The executive vice president, who loves me, is now the president. And he told her he can stay as long as he wants. <laughs> He can stay as long as he want to stay. So see, if God, it was prearranged, move him out of that position. 
You know, God can move people. He can. But there was a comfort in me understanding that this is not something that's that that's new to God. He understands all this. He not just he understands. He walked it out already. He's already walked it out and stood in this moment and made provision. So it helps me get out the boat. Because I because because it's prearranged that Jesus will grab me if I need him to. <laughs> it's prearranged. It's pre say prearranged. Glory to God. Y'all are y'all 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 can y'all see what I'm saying? It's prearranged. And so we have to follow God's plan and not our own. It says over in uh Psalm, except the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain who build it. And so there's so many people out there building their own house. That word vain means it's useless. It's useless to build our own house. Because he's got it already built and written, prearranged. But we have to find his plan. And the only way we can find his plan is to be full full of the word, full of the spirit, and full of faith. Say full of the word, full of the spirit, and full of faith. And if we're full of those things, then we will know God's plan and we will be able to fearlessly walk it out. And when something comes up against us, that looks like it's going to take us over. We know, oh, he's been there. Yeah, he's been there. He's been there. Yeah. I'm experiencing it for the first time, but God has already stood in that moment yeah. Yeah. and made provision. Right. Prearranged. Glory to God. Say prearranged. pre-arranged. That's why God's plan is the best plan. Yeah. Because he put great thought into it. See, the sum of his thoughts are so great. Because he's prearranging stuff. So we got in there. Okay, how do we need to work this one out? Okay, Haman's going to try to hang Mordecai. So let me look back and see what we're going to do here. Okay, right there. All right, right there. They're they're plotting something. So we're going to make sure Mordecai's standing right here. So he hears it. Then we go up here. We make sure the king has a dream. And when they bring the book in, they happen to read that Mordecai did that right back there. Okay, that one is settled. We got that fixed. All right. And then he goes back here and said, that's worked out. All right. Light B. Light B. From the foundation of the world, not the foundation of our lives. He didn't work this plan when we were in the womb. Before he said light be, it was all worked out. Glory to God. Come on up, Philip. Glory. From the foundation of the world. Full of, full of faith. It's already. Full of the Spirit. Shut up. 
the foundation of the world is already a plan laid out. Hallelujah. With your name on it. With my name on it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we shall walk and we shall do that which he has called us to do. be like praise the lord <laughs> amen we'll do what god has called us to do and i know these words these four days four days thursday friday saturday Sunday, four days that we've had together it says in james 122 be ye doers of the word and not hearers only there's a plan for your lives. There's a plan for this church. Amen. It's a plan that God has already established. He has already foreordained. Amen. And we have to come to that place where we spend time in the spirit. Praying out the plan. Accessing the plan of God for our lives. It doesn't just happen because God planned it. It happens because we access the plan. Amen. Praise God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we are sons, daughters of God, because we are led by the Spirit of God. I just want to encourage you to take time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost like you've never prayed in the Holy Ghost before. There are secrets and there are mysteries and there are things that God wants to unfold, to unveil, to reveal to us. Amen. It's worth turning off the TV. It's worth turning off the TV. I'm going to say it one more time. It's worth turning off the TV. It's worth staying off Facebook. You knew that one was coming, didn't you? Oh, amen. It's worth staying away from games and spending time with God. As Brother Noah was saying, those two days that that he took off uh, from work opened up some things, revealed some things. Amen. Praise God. You want the plan of God for your life? You've got to go after the plan. Nobody can go after the plan for you. You've got to go for yourself. Amen. Amen. So it may may take some time that you get one or two people to pray with you and go with you, but go after the plan. Amen. Go after the plan. Let's not be in the same place next month. Come on, let's not be in the same place next year. Let's go after the plan. Let's go after that which is foreordained for us to walk in. Let's go for it. Let's get out of the boat and go for it. Woo! Let me talk over here for a minute. Let's get out of the boat and go for it. If we're going to go something, we're going for the touchdown, baby. We're going for the gold. Amen. I don't want silver. I don't want bronze. I want the gold. Let's go for it. Amen. Go for it. 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 Amen. Don't wait for anybody else. Go for yourself. Woo. Yeah. Whatever it takes, go for it. You know I'm ready. Woo!
That's my Bible. I can stand on it if I want to. I'll go for it. But my phone is there, and I ain't going to break that. Woo! Go for it! Come on now. Hallelujah. I thought we were going to pray for you tonight, but we're not. (laughs) You go for it. You know it's there. You know it's accessible. Well, you go for it. But I don't know where to start. Go for it anyway. Amen. And it will become real. Pastor Steve, thank you. Zoe, thank you. We love you. Thank God for you. Amen. And look forward to being back in eight more years. Because <laughs> I know Pastor Noel offended Pastor. I know it. <laughs> Not me this time. <laughs> That's longer than when you break a mirror. But anyhow, <laughs> we love you all. Thank God for you. Amen. Let, let, let's meet on the other side. And I'm not talking about glory. Amen. Pastor, Pastor mentioned that you all are in the process of a new building. Prearranged. <laughs> He's been there. Hallelujah. Amen. Already saw it and set people up with legislators and stuff and just like, you know, hey. <laughs> you're not you're not in that position just for nothing. It's prearranged. Amen. Esther, use her favor. <laughs> Girl, you better use your favor. No. No. No, it's too much riding. <laughs> On your destiny is too much. Don't make me come back. <laughs> Praise God. We love you. Thank God for you. Pastor Steve.